Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Charlie, welcome in. So good to have you here. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be with you as well. Yeah. So tell me what's going on as far as what you feel people need to know when we talk about, I know you're speaking out on, you know, AFP reaching out to Congress Mm -hmm. to think about affordable medical care. Talk to me a little bit because we're in some tough economic times. We are. We are. So Americans for Prosperity and 20 other groups on both the left and on the right, we sent a letter to Congress at a very important time. And it was a, it's about a very important issue. And the issue is this. Right now, Medicare pays doctors three times more money than independent, if, they are, if these doctors are part of a hospital system, than if those doctors were independent operating on their own terms. And so this creates a giant incentive. If you're a doctor, you're, you're paying bills, you're operating a business, Medicare is putting you under enormous pressure for you to merge with a large hospital system because they are paying you three times as much uh, than if you were simply operating as an independent doctor. And so Americans for Prosperity, we realize um, that this system is creating frankly, hospital monopolies in large parts of the country that are driving up the cost of care. So Americans for Prosperity and 20 other organizations, bipartisan organizations, we sent a letter to Congress telling them that this system that we have in place is unsustainable and it's anti-patient and it harms families. And we sent a letter to Congress urging them to do something about this major, major problem. Is part of this when we see, and we've in, in our region, in the Philadelphia region, I'm, I'm looking at and reporting on all the time these hospital mergers on the front cover of the Philadelphia Inquirer today. Uh, we're mm-hmm. learning about nurses who are mm-hmm. facing more violence on the job. And so we have nursing shortages all over the place. Does that play mm-hmm. into, this is post-pandemic, it's been a tough mm-hmm. time for so many people, and I know so many nurses who've said, I can't take the hospital atmosphere. I'm, I'm getting a job in the private, sort of going to a, a private sector where maybe they, they work for a high-end group where the nurse goes to the home or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that serves who? It serves rich people. And who mm-hmm. suffers? The general public. Yes. Yeah. But I will say what you're talking about, this arrangement where doctors and nurses, they're sick of the hospital systems. They're sick of the systems that are running our healthcare system. 
and they want to deliver care that's much more connected to the patient, that's the direction that every that we all need to go into, whether you're wealthy, middle class, or low income. These large hospital systems, these large insur- insurance systems, they aren't built, unfortunately, to deliver care for our healthcare needs. And this isn't just, as you mentioned, this isn't just a problem that hurts patients. Mm-hmm. It hurts doctors and nurses because they hate working under this system. They don't feel as if these systems are built to allow them to deliver the best care to their patients. So they're leaving. So this, the, the current arrangement that we have, mm-hmm. it harms patients, but doctors and nurses who go into medicine to serve their communities, to serve their neighbors, they also don't feel as if this system is built to actually help them do that. And I know, so American, you know, a- AFP is, I'm, I'm shortening it, but Americans for Prosperity, I know a month ago, for example, AFP had sent a letter asking senators to lower energy costs right now, mm-hmm. talking about quality mm-hmm. of life issues. And now this month, I, I love the headline, Dear 118th Congress, <laughs> you know, make life more <laughs> affordable. The, the Dear Congress letters or what have you. Do these letters work? And I know that there are others that, that have signed on to it. Does it does it get the attention? And if so, whose attention, you know, mm-hmm. have you received already feedback or whose attention do you think it's going to get? For this letter in particular, we've gotten a lot of amazing feedback. Good. Um, like I said, the time for this is very ripe right now. Everyone is suffering high health care costs. Patients are paying these high costs. I'll tell you this, businesses are paying really high health care costs to deliver care to their members. And it's ripe right now because people are starting to have their eyes open to why costs are rising. And healthcare is very complicated, but this major driver is very simple, and it's monopolies. If there is a single hospital that owns a hospital chain that owns all of the hospitals in an area and they own all of the physician practices, what incentive does that network have to offer lower prices or competitive prices? And the answer is they don't. They have every incentive to use that dominant position they have in the market to charge higher prices. And voters see that. And they and our members in Congress, our elected representatives, are starting to see that fact as well. So this is why the time is right to really push on this. And this has bipartisan support. Like I said, this letter that we sent to Congress, it has groups on both the left and on the right. There's a lot of partisan disagreement on health care. But on this issue in particular, there is a large amount of agreement. Hospitals are driving up the cost of care, hospital monopolies. And fortunately, there's a lot of agreement on what the solution is. And the solution is that Medicare, the federal government, they shouldn't be subsidizing doctors' offices to merge with hospitals and, be, and form these monopolies. So I'm feeling very hopeful that our elected representatives, they're going to listen to their voters, and they're going to listen to the facts on this really important issue. Yeah, and for, I think of especially Philadelphia, this region, we're kind of a hospital town when you think of our universities, the teaching schools, mm-hmm. but uh, the medicine here, as as far as all of our hospitals and the hospital community, 
Do mm-hmm. certain cities do it better than others, or or what is evolving, or what has evolved with these huge patient group or these huge hospital groups that we're seeing? Mm-hmm. For, just for example, when I first moved um, to the home where I live now, where I've lived twenty years, they had some independent hospitals out in in the northwest side of, of Philadelphia, in the city still, and outside. Now they've been bought up, sort of scooped up, and they're either with Temple mm-hmm. University, Temple Hospital or Penn Medicine. And so we see that, that they're taken over. And so mm-hmm. what, what does that mean when you look at the landscape and the evolution of these, these hospital groups and how they reach out into the community and buy up these smaller entities? Yeah, I mean, from your example, an example like that, it means a lot of big problems. The research is pretty clear on this, that, you know, when these large hospital chains, they buy up all the facilities, they will charge higher prices. Um, there was this amazing study that came out that when, um, when, when hospital, when large hospital chains buy up the facilities in a metropolitan area, the cost of an inpatient hospital stay, it can go up anywhere between 11% to 54% depending on the region in the country. And that is just, that can mean so much higher costs for patients, particularly those with a lot of -of out-of-pocket costs. If they have a high deductible plan, they're going to be paying a lot, a lot for that. So I know in Pennsylvania, you guys have UPMC. Like you said, you have those other hospitals that have taken over, um, People are really starting to get fed up with this. And so they're thinking about site-neutral payments, as I've mentioned. They're thinking about price transparency measures so that patients actually know how much their care is going to cost Mm -hmm. before they actually receive the service. Um, There's a lot of reforms, particularly at the state level, to fix dishonest billing. And that's where a physician practice will sometimes pretend to be a hospital and then tack on hospital facility fees to an outpatient service. Um, thankfully, a lot of states are going after reforms to cut down on that dishonest practice. Um, so there is, this is a, what the, the trend that you saw in your own life. This is happening all over the country. Hospital chains are buying up competing hospitals, and they're buying up physician practices to really impose a chokehold on these communities. You know, I have to say, I, I understand that the cost obviously is critical. On the other side of it, you know, for I'll just give you one example. Uh, little Chestnut Hill Hospital in the Chestnut Hill section of Philadelphia. They were um, a nice little community hospital, but a lot of times they would say, if you're, if you're going into labor or you have a major emergency, don't go there. You're not going to get the best care. Um, mm. Temple Health bought them. And I think Tower Health, Temple Health, they, that the whole thing just went through, I think, in early January of this year. And already what I'm hearing and what we're seeing, the quality of the service, the, the quality yeah. has gone up. And even the emergency room, I had somebody, you know, a neighbor say, oh, I went to the emergency room. It was amazing. So there, there has to be a balance, right, between if, mm-hmm. if a place is that, that little, you know, independently owned or independently run hospital, it's expensive to run these. The other side of the argument is, well, they get the resources of a major group. For example, I'll give another example, Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. They're pretty famous in this area, CHOP, 
and they have branches all over. They just started one in Abington, KOP. They, that really provides incredible service as far as mm-hmm. to a community that might not have had that kind of pediatric care. And what I, what I hear you saying and what I hear advocates saying, we have to balance this out. We do want the high quality, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, we want to make sure there's transparency and, and yeah. make sure that we keep the cost down. Oh, absolutely. This is an incredibly complicated issue. Um, when you and no community is going to be affected in the same way by this. Yeah. When a, and, and I'll just say this, Americans for Prosperity, we are not in, we will never say we think the government should be saying, no, a hospital can't buy up a physician practice, mm-hmm. or no, a hospital should be banned from buying another another hospital. But we are saying, let's make sure that these areas, they do face competition so that, yes, we do want hospitals to deliver the best, highest quality care, and we want that care to be priced in a competitive way so those services are available to everybody, not just the wealthy, but middle income and working class folks as well. Um, I'll say this, a lot of mergers sometimes, a lot of mergers, particularly in rural areas where there's only a single hospital available to provide for a community, sometimes a buyout in those circumstances can actually be beneficial because that will allow that hospital to stay in business. However, I will also say that one consequence of these hospital mergers in other states in particular is that when a hospital takes over all the facilities in an area, oftentimes they may not, they don't have an incentive to deliver the best quality care because they don't face competition. Um, in Connecticut, for example, there's been a similar surge of consolidation and one healthcare system, uh, it's called Hartford Healthcare, they actually stopped providing labor and delivery services at one hospital um, in 2020, in the middle of COVID, actually. And they permanently closed that unit. So um, you're making a very good point. The cost of care is absolutely important, but we also need to think about, well, are these hosp- do these hospitals actually have an incentive to deliver high quality care at the right. same time? And sometimes the answer is no. Yeah, and as you pointed out, and I think part a piece of this is, you know, as we always say, the lawyers always win. A piece of this is Mm -hmm. the lawsuits, and especially when you're dealing with OB, you know, uh, uh, GYNs, OBGYNs, or when you're dealing with, you know, mommies having babies, the cost Mm -hmm. is high, but also there's that lawsuit risk. And I think some Mm -hmm. people either don't want to take new patients, or Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll cut it off that way, or they will they'll just close it all together because of because of the lawsuits how do you how do you deal with that as far as the legal aspect especially in major cities where you know in philadelphia they call us a bro- our jury system sometimes in these suits a broken slot machine a broken slot machine <laughs> my goodness <laughs> my with the, goodness with the medical uh, lawsuits in particular yeah yeah i will i mean I, I will admit this is an issue I don't have too much experience or expertise in, um, but I will say that I will say that for the most part, the threat of lawsuits for most hospital systems is not is not that great. However, if they are great enough 
to actually be imposing a threat on the ability of these facilities to actually deliver services, that's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> moms need labor units. Yeah, 100%. And then yeah. another piece of it, we hear this This just happened at a Delaware County hospital and, and a hospital here in Philadelphia where we hear about somebody trying to sell the hospital. And mm-hmm. and then that creates all kinds of problems because patients can't go there. And is that a piece of this, talking to Congress about the who owns the hospital, who's allowed to buy and profit at, at patients' expense? And, and, you know, we're in a free market system. On one hand, mm-hmm. we want the competition. But on the other yeah. hand, we've seen communities really suffer when somebody says, oh, sorry, we're selling, bye-bye. Yeah. Well, the answer if they're looking, if they need to stay in business and they can't and they need some new funding, sometimes a buyout can be helpful. But competition is going to be the patient's friend in this situation. If there are more facilities that are operated by different owners within an area, then both patients and health insurers, they have an incentive, they have more options to bargain with the largest hospital system in the area to say, hey, if you're charging too high a price, then we're going to steer our patients to these lower co- your lower cost competitors. Competition and choice is the friend for patients right now. Um, because frankly, too many communities, they don't have that. There is one hospital system that controls most of the hospitals and, and physician practices. And if they don't have competition, they will just simply charge higher prices. Right. But the other irony I always see is that hospitals are called nonprofits. And I think mm-hmm. that's confusing to a lot of people, especially when, like I'm talking about, a, a, a city or a community is losing a hospital. They're selling, they're selling, and clearly mm-hmm. there's a profit in there, but they're a, not, a, a not-for-profit or non they have a nonprofit status. How does that all work in within what Congress is being pushed to do? Yeah, and, and it's very interesting. People will go to these hospitals that are labeled nonprofits mm-hmm. and just see these astronomic medical bills and just see the insane way that these hospitals engage in business of delivering care. And the fact is, is that when they say it's a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, they aren't they aren't operating as a charity. That just means they're tax exempt. Um, like lots of charities, I believe half the hospitals in this country are exempt from taxes. And in theory, they have an op- they have a legal obligation to actually deliver low cost or even no cost care to very low income people and deliver lots of benefits to the community. I'll tell you this: the reality is that for profit hospitals actually deliver more charity care and more no cost care than the supposed nonprofit <laughs> hospitals in this country right now. Um, and that's a major problem yeah. that needs to be addressed right now. We've created this entire system where we are giving, we are basically exempting nonprofit hospitals from $28 billion in taxes. Um, in this country right now, and they actually aren't holding up their end of the bargain, which is to provide relief to low-income people. Yeah. 
And that is definitely another major problem with our hospital system that we need to address. I know we're running out of time here, Charlie, but I just want to ask is how does the Affordable Care Act play into all of this happening? Is there a cause and effect or did that trigger at all this monopolization that we're, you know, the monopolies that we're seeing within the hospitals, mm-hmm. within our uh, large cities especially? Mm-hmm. I would say it definitely accelerated that trend. Okay. Um, this has been going on long before the ACA. Yeah. However, um, a lot of hospital lobbyists, they introduced a very harmful provision into Obamacare. And what they introduced was a ban on the ability, on the freedom of physicians to start their own hospitals and compete with large hospital chains. Um, that was essentially the price that uh, Democrats paid when they passed the Affordable Care Act. They based, they essentially gave hospitals, large hospital chains, this giveaway. So under the Affordable Care Act, under current law, if you're a doctor that's part of a hospital system mm-hmm. and you are sick and tired of how the hospitals are treating you and your patients, and you said, you know what, I'm sick of this whole system, I'm going to go out, I'm going to start my own hospital, and I'm going to compete against this large hospital chain and deliver better care, you cannot. Obamacare prohibits physicians from starting their own hospital and offering meaningful competition. And if you're, if you're an existing physician-owned hospital, you are banned from adding new beds, from adding new medical devices. Um, so Obamacare really accelerated this monopolization process by closing the door on a lot of meaningful competition. Charlie Katibi, uh, thank you so much. You've given us some real tangible numbers and facts that, you know, to chew on. And we just thank you. Senior Health Policy Analyst at Americans for Prosperity. Charlie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Oh, thanks, Charlie. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 